Well, hallelujah. I hope everyone is having a great Tuesday morning. And this is the first teaching of Narrow Way Podcast. So every Tuesday, starting today, we're going to be traveling through Romans chapter 5, verses 20, all the way through chapter 6. And so the whole objective of this study, of this teaching, is to teach on, you know, just the basics, the fundamentals of sanctification, how what Jesus Christ has done for us at Calvary has freed us from the sin nature. And, you know, Paul would talk about that, you know, we'll see it to this morning as we go through, and we'll, it starts out in verse 20, and then all the way through chapter 6, Paul will talk about what happened at the born-again experience when we accepted Christ. You know, and this is the whole objective of this podcast, is to teach you, the listener, nothing but the message of the cross and how it can help you live a free and a victorious life from the sin nature. And if you don't know who I am, my name is Dylan Salmond, you know, and it, my simple desire is just to get this great message of Jesus Christ and crucified out to this world because the world today, many Christians don't know this message and they're struggling with sin. They don't properly know how to fully understand and read God's word in the righteous context of Calvary because God would say in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8, for my words are in truth and in righteousness. God will only work through the cross. And again, the whole objective of this podcast to teach you, the listener, you, the believer, nothing but Christ and Him crucified. So, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. And as I said, if you have your Bibles, we're, start, we're starting out in Romans chapter 5. And we'll be looking at verse 20. And if we have time today, we're going to look at verse 21 a little bit. That's if we get through verse 20 today. So... Paul would say in verse 20, and we'll, we'll go ahead and re read verse 21 along with verse 20 because it, it does go along with verse 20, but we're going to be looking at mainly verse 20 of chapter 5 this morning. So Paul would go on to say, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through, notice this, through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, many people, when they read verse 20, they want to know, okay, what is Paul talking about in verse 20? Well, we find that in the first three words of this verse. Now the law. Paul is talking about the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments and the laws that were spoken of in Leviticus, in Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You know, the laws that God gave to Israel in the Old Testament. And Paul is talking about, you know, what the law was truly, what it was truly established for and what it was created for. Because, and we'll, we'll be getting more into it as we go in to the teaching this morning. But, you know, pretty much God gave the law to Israel to show them 
that there was nothing good in of themselves, that they couldn't do anything to live in the measure up to God's standard of righteousness. He was showing them that, you know what? We're sinful people and that sin has corrupted our bodies because of the fall and that there's nothing good in us. He, was, he gave the law to show them, look, you can't do this without me. You can't. This is my standard of righteousness. This is what I require from you if you're to make it through this life and come home with me. This is what I require of you to serve me. That's what God gave the law for. That's what he gave it for, was to show us that we, as sinful man, cannot do anything to live this life the way that God wants us to. And I'm really getting ahead of myself here. But again, what Paul is talking about in the first part of verse 20 is the law. The law of Moses, Ten Commandments, the laws that were spoken up in Leviticus. Again, and uh, you know, God gave the law for four reasons. The first reason was it was given to teach us right from wrong. Because you know, before the law, nobody really knew what God, what you know, what God's moral code was. They they didn't really know, so there wasn't really a standard of right from wrong. They just knew if they committed a trespass that they were to offer a sacrifice on the altar to God, you know, so it would cover their sin because the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. It can only cover sin. But when we get to Exodus, uh, I believe it's either chapter 19 or 20. And when Moses is on Mount Sinai, that's when God, that's when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. And then, you know, the Ten Commandments like, Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not have no other gods before me, honor thy father, thy mother, thou shalt not covet, you know, keep the Sabbath. You know, the Ten Commandments. That was God, that was also the moral code of God. And God was showing them, you know, right from wrong. Saying, the right way to do things is to only honor me, is to only worship me. And if you go to other idols, you're sinning against me. You can't do that because you know what? I'm the one true God. I'm the only one who, who deserves the worship. All these other idols, all these other gods that are man-made, they're inspired demon by demonic spirits. They're not me. They're not me. They're just things that are trying to imitate me to get your focus off of me and to steal you away from me. So, you know, it was the moral code is to teach Israel, and also to teach them right from wrong. And two, it was also given to bring light to sin. Because you know before then, no one really knew what sin was. You know, there wasn't really a clear definition of sin. So the law was the first step in defining sin and showing what sin really was. And it was anything that was against God. And today it's anything that stands against Jesus Christ and crucified. Anything that goes against the word of God. That's what sin is. So God was showing his people and showing us in the Old Testament and throughout his whole word because we know that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Not just some of it, not just part of it. He is the total fulfillment of the law. And anything that opposes Christ and his finished work on Calvary 
it is sin. It is of this world, it is of the flesh, and it is of the devil. It has nothing to do with God. That's the second reason. The third reason, and you know, we talked about it you know, in the introduction. Again, I got ahead of myself, but it was, it was given to show us and Israel in that time that we cannot live up to God's center of righteousness. You see, God has a standard, and His standard is Christ. And we, and we would find that in the Gospels, when Christ was here on, the, on this earth. That's how we were to live for God. That's how our lives should be for God. It was, to, it was what Christ, it's who Christ was and what He'd done. And you know, and again, it was given to show us that we can't do it. Because why? Because we're corrupted by sin. There's nothing good in us. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, that's when the sin nature moved in. And you know, and I'll define a little bit more what the sin nature is. But right now, the sin nature came into being. It came into our lives. And it corrupted us, who, our, who we were. Because, you know, sin was, never, sin was never meant to be a reality. It never was. It never was. Because when God created us, He created us in perfection. We find that in the Garden of Eden. We were created in His image. We were created in perfection. You know, we were what we were supposed to be in the garden. But when Adam ate of the fruit, that's when sin came in. Many people think, well, Eve was the first one to eat of the fruit, so that's when sin came in. No, she was deceived. But Adam, Adam, out of pride, deliberately disobeyed God. And we find that in Genesis 3. He deliberately went against what God has spoken to him in the garden. And whenever he ate of the tree of good and evil, he deliberately and willingly sinned. And that's when sin came in. And that's when we fell from total God conscience to total self-conscience, where it's all about me, 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 not you, not you, not you. It's not about you, God. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's my way or the highway. That was what our mindset became. Thinking of only of ourselves and how we can better ourselves. We became corrupted. And God was showing us because of what happened at the fall. You cannot do anything. You can't do anything to live up to my standard. But praise God that He showed a way. And we'll, my God, hallelujah. He showed a way and said, one will come. A Messiah will be born. And He will fix and right the wrong that happened over six plus thousand years ago. And that was Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And what Jesus Christ did at the cross exactly right the wrong that Adam did. And we find that Ironically, in the, in the beginning part, you know, earlier in Romans chapter 5, hallelujah, where it says, you know, by one man sin came in, but by the second Adam, by another man, sin was defeated. And that second Adam, that second man was Christ. Oh, it was Jesus Christ and what he would do and what he did at the cross. It satisfied the demands of the law. And he kept the law holy. Oh, he didn't break one commandment. Oh, he kept it 
in total, he kept it holy in totality. And whenever he died on the cross and said, it is finished. My God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He fulfilled the law and made that life that God always wanted possible. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later on because I'm, I'm really getting ahead of myself. But man, hallelujah, when you just get talking about what Christ did at Calvary, you just can't help but get excited because you know what? It's a finished work. And because everything we need is in Calvary. It's found in what Jesus did at the cross. My God, hallelujah, hallelujah. And the fourth and final point, the law was given to point us to Christ. Because Christ, I believe, uh, it's either in, it's in one of the Gospels. I believe it's in John. I'm not for sure. But Christ would say, the law spoke of me. It pointed to me. What the law spoke of, that's who I am. It pointed to me. The law was given to point us to Christ and show us who Christ is and who he really was. And we'd find that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, because Paul would say, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. Notice, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by what? By faith. By faith in what? By faith in what Christ would do at the cross. Paul even said it. God gave the law to point to Christ, to show us Christ, because you know what? He was the one who would right the wrong. He would be the one that would satisfy the demands of the law and make a way to where we could be saved and freed from sin. And as we go further on in the study, on in this teaching, we, when we really get into uh, Romans chapter 6, you know, and Paul would even speak about it in, a little bit in verse 21 about what happened at Calvary. My God, what happened at Calvary? Hmm. But we'll get to that later on. You know, and what I want to talk about is this. Paul would say, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but we're sin... Okay, we'll, we'll just focus on that. Now the law came in to increase the trespass. What is Paul talking about there? Paul is talking about that the law was never given to produce holiness in our lives. Again, God gave the law to point us to Christ, to bring light to sin, to show us that we can't measure up to His standard of righteousness. And He gave it to teach us right from wrong. God never gave the law so that we can try to live this life on our own. Because you know what? There's no power in the law. In fact, when the law came in, it, it allowed sin to increase even more. Because, you know, we, we'd find that being the case with Israel in the Old Testament. I mean, Israel had that problem in the Old Testament. You know, they would try to live their life by the law because they thought law would produce holiness. It didn't. It, in fact, it did the opposite. It, pro it produced nothing but failure. Because it was them trying to rely on their own means. By, they were relying on themselves. 
when they were relying on the law and trying to live by the law. Because again, the law will never produce holiness. It was only given to condemn sin and show us that we can't measure up to God's center of righteousness. And it was to show us again that Christ was the only one, that Christ was the only one who could keep it. And that by our faith in him and what he would do at Calvary, we could live this life. You know, and why couldn't, again, why couldn't we, why couldn't the law produce holiness? Because of the law of sin and death. And we find that in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. But, you know, a lot would ask, what is the law of sin and death? You know, Brother Swaggart's commentary gives a clear definition. It, it is called original sin. This is the law that Paul said works in the members of the physical body of that person. We'd find that in Romans chapter 7, verse 23. And in fact, Paul would even say in this verse, But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. The law made it possible. You know, again, when the law came, it allowed sin to increase even more because it didn't give any power to live a free life. It didn't give any power to live a free and victorious life. It was just given to point out what sin was and was given to condemn sin. It had no power behind it to live a free and victorious life. There was no power in it. That power would be realized when Jesus Christ died on Calvary. That's what gave us the power. That's what would give us the power to live a life of victory and not being dominated by sin. You know, in the sin nature, this is what, this is what corrupted our very flesh, soul, and spirit. This is what corrupted us at the fall. You know, what, the sin nature is what drives us to do wrong. It drives us to do wrong. And you know, and the law encouraged that because, you know, when God gave the, you know, when he gave the commandments, we would read in Exodus 32, what did Israel do? They built, literally, they, when God literally gave Moses the Ten Commandments, it wasn't, it wasn't even a day later. I mean, it was just within maybe 30 minutes to an hour, within probably that same day. They built a golden calf. They literally built a false idol and started worshiping it. And what was one of the commandments? Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. It even shows when rules are given, the sin nature inside of us is going to stir up and it's going to drive us to break the commandment, to break the rules. And that's what happened when God gave the law. It stirred the sin nature in the Jews. And you know what? And they built a golden calf. They broke the law of God in that same day. And that goes to show that we can't live our lives by the law. We can't. There, I mean, it's impossible. It is literally impossible to try to live our life by the law. Why? Because again, the law couldn't produce any way to live a life of holiness. It couldn't give us the power to live a life free from sin, and walk in continual victory. Again, it just pointed out sin. That's what God intended it for. 
and I know this is a lot of repetition, but you know, repetition is the best teacher. I, I want you to understand this this morning, guys. Because many people today, they're relying on themselves to try to live a lifestyle victory. And many times it's not their fault. They just, they don't know. They, God hasn't revealed the message of the cross to them yet, you know, on how they can live a life free from sin. And again, as we get further, as we go further in the teaching and the study, we're going to find out how we can live a lifestyle of continual victory. And it's, again, it's just by simple faith in the cross of Christ, knowing that what Jesus Christ did there for us is enough. My God, hallelujah. Guys, your victory is found in Calvary. It's not found in the law. It's not found in what you can do. It's not found in a 12-step program. It's not found in fasting so many hours a day. It's not found in you reading so many chapters a day. It's not found in you praying so many times a day. And I'm not knocking those Christian disciplines. It's good to do them because you know what? It shows us Calvary. And it will reveal to us the power of the cross. But if we rely on disciplines to bring about victory, it's going to produce nothing but a lifestyle of failure. That's putting ourselves under law. We would find that in Romans chapter 7. I mean, Paul would even say it in, in chapter 7 verses 9 and 10. I was once alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. Get this, the very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. Paul's saying, you know what? I love the law. But when I tried to live my life by the law, you know what? Sin came. It revived. And you know what? And I experienced a lifestyle of failure. Guys, if you rely on disciplines, if you rely on anything in of ourselves, it's going to produce nothing but a lifestyle of failure. And that's what we got to recognize. That's taking the first steps of walking a life of victory, knowing that we can't do anything. It's not what I can do, but rather it's what Christ has already done at Calvary. It's what he's done at the cross. You know, and I, we've, we've all been there. I was there. You know, I struggled with a certain bondage. You know, and I'm not going to say what it is because that's just between me and the Lord. But, you know, I struggled with, with a sin. You know, and I tried for many years, I mean, probably about four to five years of trying to overcome this thing. You know, and the more I try to rely into myself, you know, yeah, I may have had two weeks or three weeks of victory, you know, it wouldn't bother me. But after that, it would come back, the temptation would come, I would try to fight it by my own means, by my own flesh. And I would fall. Why? Because there's n we can't do anything. We're corrupted by sin. There's nothing good in us. So we can't do anything. We can't do anything to bring victory. We can't. It's only, victory only comes through the cross. So that's what Paul was saying. And that's what I want you to know. Guys, your victory doesn't come from the law. That lifestyle of holiness that you're trying to live, Christian, it will never be produced by the law. It will only come about by your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and in crucified. It's exactly what the song at the beginning said. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me. 
with His redeeming blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's where your victory is found. It's found in the cross. It's found in what Jesus Christ would do for you there because, again, in Genesis 3, when God spoke to the serpent because Satan would use the serpent to bring about the fall, he said, you will bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head. Literally, it was... It prophesied Jesus' death on Calvary. And yes, Satan bruised Jesus' heel when he was nailed to that cross. But he didn't win the victory. He didn't win the war. Christ did. And as soon as Christ cried out and said, It is finished. The war was won. Sin was defeated. And that's when our victory became a reality because what Jesus Christ did at the cross was enough. A single drop of His blood contains enough power to wash us as white as snow. Because you see, before we even came to Christ, we were nothing but a leper. And when somebody had leprosy, it would turn their skin white, showing that, you know, the skin was decaying, it was dying. So we were leprous, we were white, we were decaying because of sin. But when we said yes to Christ and accepted Him in our lives, He washed us, His blood, what He did at the cross, washed us as white as snow. It saved us from sin, but it not only saved us from sin, but it delivered us from the power of of the sin nature. Guys, your victory is in the cross. It's in nowhere else. It's in nothing in what this world has to offer. It's simply in Calvary. My God, hallelujah. Your victory is found in the finished work of the cross. The cross was not only powerful enough to save you from sin, it was powerful. It was so powerful that it literally delivered you from the chains of sin. My God, God literally ripped you out of the kingdom of darkness and placed you into the person of His Son in Christ Jesus, showing that He delivered us, guys, from sin. From sin. He delivered us from the power. That's how powerful Calvary is. That's how powerful it is. It literally broke the power of sin. What the law could not do, Christ did. My God, He did it at, the Cal at Calvary. We would find in Colossians chapter 2 that He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances on the cross. He nailed it to His cross, blotting it out, taking it away from us, and doing it so that we can not only be saved, but be delivered from the very power of sin. And man, I'm getting way ahead of myself. And we're going to go more into detail on that, you know, next Tuesday on verse 21. But, you know, before we close, we're going to wrap up verse 20. Because Paul later on would say in verse 20, Grace abounded all the more. So, you know, where it said in the first part, now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, you know, that's talking about when the law was given, 
sin increased the more. Because, you know what, it didn't provide any power to live free from sin. It didn't. It was just given, again, to point out sin. That's what it was given for. But Paul would say, in the latter part of the verse, grace abounded all the more. So Paul is saying, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. God had, enough, had more grace than there was sin. My God, get that. Where sin abounded, grace all the more abounded. Grace outnumbered sin. You know, Jameson Fawcett Brown would say in his commentary, rather did exceedingly abound or superabound. The comparison here is between the multiplication of one offense into countless transgressions and such an overflow of grace as more than meets that appalling case. There was more grace than sin. And you know, and again, as we get further into it, we'll talk about the grace of God, but simply what is, what is the grace of God? It's God working in our lives. It's His will working in our lives. And what's His will? Changing us, conforming us into the image of Christ, but also to deliver us and allow us to walk in a lifestyle of nothing but victory, not dominated by sin, but to live a lifestyle of victory. That's what grace does. Grace literally gives us the power to live a life of liberty and victory and to live a life of holiness. That speaks of the cross, guys. It speaks of what Jesus Christ would do at Calvary. My God. You know, and Brother Larson would even say this, it gives the potential to live a victorious life. And grace will decrease the fruits of the flesh and increase the fruits of the Spirit. Grace gives potential. What Jesus Christ did at Calvary gives us the potential to live free from sin. Guys, we're not going to have enough time to get into verse 21. We'll get into that next Tuesday. And again, every Tuesday, I'll be, I'll be coming on and just, you know, Again, we'll be going through Romans chapter 5, verses 20, all the way through chapter 6. I hope you guys got something out of this today. And I just want you guys to remember that your victory is not found in law. It's not found in what you can do. It's simply found in what Jesus Christ has already done at Calvary. It's, already, it's simply found in what Jesus Christ would do at Calvary. And how do you have that victory? We'll get into that in more into detail in verse 21, you know, and especially in the, uh, the first, you know, five verses, really, the, actually the first 10 verses of Romans chapter 6. But simply, I'm just going to say, how do we have victory? What Luke 9.23 says, by denying ourselves, taking up our cross daily, and following after him, knowing that we can't do anything. We can't do anything in of ourselves. But our victory is found simply in what Christ has done for us at the cross. That's where our victory is found. That is where it's found. 
Guys, I love you. I hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday in Romans chapter 5, verse 21. God bless y'all. I love y'all. And we'll see you next time in the Lord.